only yeah like toilet paper is our go-to i love getting my hair cut especially when there's a scalp massage involved but uh she would say your body is a temple and you need to take care of it we have a lot of a lot of flexibility yeah where he just ate garbage how long was that a year do this i can't do this without cassie and the kids enabling me to do this i find myself encouraging myself so i'm like no you can do this don't give up (laughs) we got lots to say (laughs) i love my husband so much and my son i've definitely had multiple drinks on multiple episodes loosen up it's a podcast we're here to have fun so enjoy yourself welcome to episode 22 i think it's 23 what yeah can't keep up it's crazy we're almost famous (laughs) sure yep I'm going to stay positive and say agree. Yeah, it's going to happen. I mean, when you have the confidence to wear glare-reducing lunettes as you do, that can only be backed by an unprecedented level of fame, I think. Yeah, it's... uh... Colin's referring to my blue light glasses that are absolutely obnoxious. That I started wearing last week or the week before for our podcast recordings because we're here quite a while, you know? That's true. And uh, I don't want to fatigue my eyes. And they haven't even proven that this shit works, but the placebo effect is fine with me. Plus, they're really cute. Yeah, they look great. So, thanks, thanks, thanks. Um, I'm just going to jump right in. Jump right in. Zach Brown Band style. I've been, um, um, I've been asked to request from you a direct quote from the camping trip. What did you say my husband was in relation to other, to men? Uh, yeah, you know, there are some mythical beings out there and it's not often that you get to bask in the presence of someone as great and powerful as some of these creatures we've heard about from fairy tale and myth. Um, we did a camping trip to Algonquin Park, which we discussed at the tail end of the last episode. Yes. And uh, uh, your husband, Jordan, um, tracked his, we have the same watch, and he used the GPS function to track the entire trip. Um, right. Because what we've learned over the years, and as is the case with anything involving a map, is... Um, the distances aren't always accurate, um, and especially when it comes to the portages. So they're fairly detailed when it comes to the distances. Uh, they usually go down to like five meter increments, um, okay. and then. Uh, but sometimes, like we had one that was just shy of five k, but we went over six k to finish, or over five and a half k to finish it. Um, like it was actually much longer close to 6k yes yeah, yeah. yeah. in actuality and gotcha. and on top of that like when when you're paddling uh on the lakes and stuff you're not always taking the most direct route because when you're looking at the map 
you're and you come out of a portage and you're trying to figure out which direction you have to go from the lake some of these lakes are massive and it's hard yeah. to just delineate which land features you're looking at and figuring mm-hmm. out which ones they are on the map um, mm-hmm. and one way to fix that which we are trying to resolve is using the trail maps as well as topographic maps gotcha anyway uh, Jordan uh, in here it's a work in progress yeah the maps it, it, it seems every year there's a fucking issue with the maps um, which I wear <laughs> personally because for some reason I'm the one that's been dubbed the map master anyway um, Jordan decided this year over 19 kilometers of portaging that he wanted to do all of it on his own and we're we're partners when it comes to these trips we always uh, share a canoe and share the portaging burden together however yeah. he decided to take on a fascinating personal challenge and uh i stated as he does yeah and it's true you know he and he had a great attitude towards it um a lot of them he he tackled it's like the 2k there's a couple 2ks and a 3k uh he split them up in i think two two trips or two legs i guess two segments which i mean is like a kilometer or a kilometer and a half straight portaging and it's not like you're on the road walking a lot of the times it's up and down hills and through rocky terrain. rocky terrain and poorly managed um, vegetation and stuff like that mm. fortunately they, they did pretty well when it came to the fallen trees there was only a, maybe you know five or six that we had to manage over the weekend but mm-hmm. anyway uh we were <laughs> I was doing uh, a leg of the 5K portage, and um, I was just kind of, there's not much to think about when you're portaging, and I was just ruminating on the fact that he's doing all of this on his own, which was amazing, because I got to share the portage with our other uh, other friend, Jordan Broom, and um, I said, I was trying to think of, like, how awesome it was that he was doing this, and how, how... if if even if it wasn't physically strong, which he is, he's a beast. Um, mentally strong, you have to be to accomplish something like that. And I was mm-hmm. trying to put it into words, into metrics. And the the thing I came up with was, uh, he has the strength of over one man. Colin. I think you have a knack for making expressions. I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. He, uh, I say this only because the only other expression I know you've ever come up with is, I feel like a hundred bucks. That one was different. Uh, yes. And it was, I was flustered. I was on a date. And I said this to this girl who is you, shockingly you, now my wife. And uh, you, I just want you, you to Michael feel like Scotted I, it. I, I, I date. Michael Scott did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, date Mike. Date Mike was there. Yeah. I was like Jordan was. I said he's got the strength of two men, but I was like that doesn't two men. like that doesn't sound fun. That doesn't sound interesting. And uh, um, I was thinking about the scene in Friends where Chandler was talking about blimp accidents for some reason, and okay. and someone called him off or brushed it off or whatever. He goes, hey. He kills over one Americans every year. <laughs> and so I just mixed the two together and I got, uh, he has the strength of over one man. Wow. Yeah, it was funny. Well, it's accurate. 
he's did he laugh out loud when you said this? i was actually quite shocked with the response they both i don't know if we were just physically and mentally exhausted but uh <laughs> there's there's some really good laughter from that one nice yeah i enjoyed it i was i was actually surprised happily surprised that they laughed so hard yeah you're like gotta get these guys tired more often well that's it like you know you try to be funny and sometimes it just doesn't land you got to be ready for those moments but it still stings every time life of a comedian you know a very very bad comedian well i'm delighted so did he not tell you this no no he, (laughs) he was like oh colin said and then he stopped himself and he's like actually save it for the podcast that's fantastic oh why that's and yes now i see why i feel like it's much more um uh how would i say like colin language than jordan language i feel like jordan (laughs) would explain it and it would sound like very um not literal I don't know. I feel he, like I take all his information very factually. He, he would have definitely said it in fewer words. Yes. Yes. And that's a unique skill in its in its own. He would have, uh, yeah. I feel like you elaborate with the story. He's like, let's just get to the point. I ain't got no time to <laughs> chitter chatter. Yeah. You know. So, I appreciate that. Thank you. For yeah, sharing. you're welcome. Thank you for asking. That was a great memory on that trip. I'm going to uh, text him later about being as strong as more than one man. Over one man. Over. Yeah. Okay, over. Keyword, over. <coughs> yeah. Oh, man, that was a good one. Love it. So, um, speaking of your camping trip, as you mentioned, you and Broom kind of shared the canoe portage uh together and Jordan went off on his own was that something that surprised you like were you like oh you want to do this by yourself so there are there's actually two things that really surprised me we we had planned for fourth to join us uh, and we've done this trip now four years in a row always different routes and uh we've only had four people go one time the Mm -hmm. first trip Second, third, and fourth trip, we haven't been able. We had a fourth one going for this one. Fortunately, there was an injury, and that person had to back out. Um, And thankfully, Broom, and this is, I will, I will credit Broom to the to my dying days. Uh, He's he's never failed to show up when he's really and truly needed. Because I remember it was a bike trip, and he took your Vulcan 500, which was like a one cylinder. like clown bike and he's six he foot suffered. four and he, he, he suffered yeah he rode that, that bike <laughs> for five days after he crashed his own bike so yeah. um he he was actually feeling quite confident um in his own abilities to uh canoe and portage on his own so knowing i perhaps knowing that broom was going to be doing a lot of portaging on his own hamlin your husband rather jordan decided to uh, see how much he could do of it, and the the best way for him to figure that out was to commit to doing all of it. Um, mm-hmm. And it's inter- yeah. it's interesting because we, I, I remember our first trip, um, and I'd have to check the numbers, but like I think maybe the longest portage was like twelve hundred meters. No, 
It was, I think, 2,000 meters. We, in the past? The first trip we did with the four of us. Yeah, okay, yeah. And that seemed daunting and challenging of Everest, and then we did it. And then every year we've just been adding more and longer portages. So it's to the mm-hmm. point now where a, a 1 or 2K is not intimidating at all. Mm-hmm. Provided that the the conditions of the portage are fairly decent, we've had portages where we are following mine tape through uncut brush with canoes and that's honestly the most difficult thing on those trips um so yeah he i was i was surprised at guessing where you have to go oh yeah yeah and it gets (laughs) because we our sites are so far apart that we need most of the daylight to get it done so if we're getting to a point on a on a portage or even on a lake where we're not sure where we're going and we have to spend 15 minutes here 10 minutes there trying to reorient ourselves um, it can get a little, a little worrisome. Um, mm-hmm. it, it always, and then you start second guessing maybe yeah. like where you're going and yeah. And you have, to, yeah. you have to make decisions based like, you know, do we go forwards or backwards now? Anyway. Um, so it was factually incorrect when you said that Jordan Broom and I shared the portaging because I think oh. total, I may have done four or five kilometers of portaging on this trip. Broom did easily three quarters of the portaging on his own oh wow on top of paddling all the lakes by himself which on sunday included serious wins um so i was impressed with him for his physical uh resilience his fortitude his his strength um Mm -hmm. but more so his his mental uh his mental fortitude he had a great attitude uh, the entire time, he he had the right mindset when it came to approaching the difficult paddles, and I actually try to to learn from that on one of them because in your last Jordan, I had a mother of a time trying to steer with the wind, and we we came down to it. I think it was the weight difference between the two of us, and it was blowing. Mm. The wind was blowing me, which was pointing us perpendicular to wind like a wind vane. Um, Sweet. Yeah, it was super annoying, but anyway, I was I was. I was shocked and happy by by both because I had a great time. They got to challenge themselves and and accomplish their goals, and I had to portage very little. It was trifecta. Win win win. Yeah. <laughs> oh. um, I feel like that's that's like the whole purpose. I know you've talked about the camping trips before, but I feel like the purpose of you you guys doing this um, is to challenge yourselves and. Go that extra mile, literally and figuratively, um, yeah, and and then get something out of it at the end, right? That sense of accomplishment. So, yeah, big time. Yeah, it sounds like that was a success. Now, staying on topic. Yeah. Would you be interested in any kind of a trip like that? I know you guys have done your hiking trips before, and and that was mm-hmm. right up your alley. But uh, I'm told that you're not as interested in canoes i'm so curious to hear how he would have worded that to you guys um my answer has always been flat out fuck that um because i don't do great on tippy canoes like i just don't enjoy it i don't know what it is um Jordan was actually telling me uh, kind of like a funny story when you guys were in a canoe together 
and the wind was blowing against you, I think. And Jordan's like, I just like kind of let the boat sway and I just like swivel my hips, blah, blah, blah. And um, he was saying that you were like more rigid and he was like, loosen up, man. Like, it's fine. We're, it's going to be fine. And I guess you were like, no, <laughs> kind of like. Uh, so that's the moment where I was irritated with being turned into the wind and I couldn't figure it out. I see. So I see. Okay. I was, there were moments where I was, uh, I was a little stressed out and nervous about the, the tippiness of the canoe. Um, yeah. but there, that's me 100% of the time. Yeah. And like, yeah, I get it. I, and I was just going to say, I absolutely get it. And it's, it's easy for him to, I, anyway, I, I wasn't. So my, my retort to him was, you come from a long line of genetically dis- predisposed, like seafaring folk. Seafaring people. Yeah. And he's like, "What do you mean?" And I was like, "Your dad has literally traced your ancestry back to like Vikings and pirates." So, like, don't go telling me that this isn't in your DNA. Because they talk, like, there's more and more, um, I don't want to say knowledge, but, like, data to show that our previous ancestors' DNA does, in fact, affect how we behave and our own skills and just, like, our predispositions and things like that. And I was like, if you came from fishermen and Vikings and pirates... I'm pretty sure that makes you comfortable AF in a boat. Well, let's just a canoe on a first lake. of all, like that's let's that's that's pump small. the brakes on all these badass <laughs> ancestral grounds that Jordan's I mean, coming from. He, there's others as well, but I feel like yeah. Let's if talk about the part bitch of parts of his ancestry. <laughs> I don't know those. Yeah, they they, yeah. They, just, they don't include those in the report. You got to pay extra. No. It's a double, double whammy. Yeah. You got to pay. Yeah, the to... twenty. Those those DNA kits really uh, they get you. I wonder if it's like but, a real thing, or if they just like spin a wheel and take your money. I think it's accurate. Yeah, because. I know I've had a lot of people be like, oh, well, I did one and I did another and they were conflicting, la, la, la. I can't speak to those scenarios, but my brother and I have done the 23andMe, for example, and like it told us our shared DNA. Uh, it automatically connected us with our aunt, who we didn't even know did the test right um so i feel like that part of it makes it seem legitimate to me because i'm like you're automatically connecting all of us together so you obviously are able to identify our shared dna anyways and uh upon because i mean you know this i've been spending some time looking up like my dad's Mm -hmm. um sort of genetic past as well that was kind of like the reason for doing it because we don't know um and a lot of the relatives that i've discovered 
you know, say should be in Manitoba, I do have like relatives on this thing in those parts of Manitoba that I've been able to uncover through other means. Yeah. So I feel like there's just all these connections happening and I'm like, yeah, this seems pretty legit to me. How accurate the percentages are, that's up in the air because like my brother, Sean, for example, has like a few percent higher Scandinavian uh, DNA, for example, than I do. And what well, you'd expect I think I wonder if that's like because he carries like the male DNA, if he is therefore more like the male ancestors, therefore has more you know what I mean? So our our DNA in total varies by I think we're related forty eight percent or something like that, which I think is what you're supposed to be if you're siblings. Um so like that two percent to make up 50 is basically the Scandinavian side and I'm like is that because dad maybe was and his dad you know what I mm-hmm. mean so I like I don't know the the fine tuning in that sense but um, I just felt like when I did it it was like very validating and I could be wrong but who knows I know a lot of people yeah. like question the validity of, of those things but I can't imagine it's I don't know as long as the databases are are accurate, it seems to make sense to me. Yeah, and that's yeah, that's a good point because they're going off of information that's been provided to them, based on like this genetic group is from here, um, these genetic markers are from here. So they're like, the more information they get, the more accurate and like, mm-hmm. narrowed down they can make it. Um, yeah, but it's all very it, it's. It's really interesting, like, if you really were to take a deep dive on it, but if you're just looking at it from, like, a surface level as well, um, I feel like you can, you, you can get some confirmation. And I'm sure some people are surprised by it, too, you know. You hear these stories of people thinking, like, they grew up in an Italian household, and they're like, oh, we're hardly Italian, yeah. <laughs> actually. We've been, but, been faking it this whole time. Yeah. But anyways, uh... You wanted to, uh, you you wanted to dispel the fact that Jordan's ancestors are all badasses. I'm just saying you saying? need to pump the brakes on blowing oh. up his tires, because he's well, gonna listen I, to this I, episode and crash his fucking truck. Well, I don't want to. Well, I think you need to, because I don't think it's yeah. accurate. <laughs> uh, up up for discussion. <laughs> That's a future episode. <laughs> We'll we'll get him on eventually, and we'll get him to talk about it. I've 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 watched him respond to mice and snakes, <laughs> and I can tell you, it wasn't very Viking like. No, no, the opposite. Probably the one whatever the extra subscription package to Twenty Three and Me you have to pay for. It was all all yeah. the answers are in there. Oh, okay. it was like now I'm trying to be nice so i don't offend a specific culture or ancestral <laughs> background but the biggest bitches of the past i'm just kidding whoever's afraid of snakes and mice he's part of that too mm. but anyways all this to say jordan's very comfortable on a freaking boat and i'm not yeah and i don't think you are as much as he is either so 
there's that. I'm I'm definitely uh, I'm much much more than I used to be, but it's when things catch me off guard that it gets me. So I wasn't prepared for some of the conditions that we had out there. That yeah yeah, because it, it can like happen all of a sudden. Like you're there's no warning signs really. I I mean there probably are. I just don't know them. Yeah. So yeah, there's that. But um, yeah, it sounded like you guys had a good time. And it's funny because he, he would show me, he showed me like his GPS watch tracking. Uh, so like at the end of each day, there was a summary mm-hmm. of like the route he traveled and whatever. And wherever you guys remove the canoes or put the canoes back in, there's like all this zigzaggy lines like back and forth in and out like doing circles maybe you walk over here to take a leak whatever it's so funny to look at because i'm like oh you guys were here for a while (laughs) (laughs) hanging out yeah it's pacing around he said you guys ran into uh i don't say a a family but like i think it was two moms or three moms and five boys or something like that i think it was uh three moms and three boys or some oh, okay. some some sort of combination of relations. There's three young three young boys. I'd say between the ages of like, I don't know, nine and twelve. I don't know. Okay. And, and then there and there's mothers. Yeah, we're we're assuming it was their mothers, but I was doing the last leg of that. Uh, uh, the last half of the two k on Sunday, and uh, I could hear like hooting and hollering and stuff and i come around a corner and there's all six of them standing there cheering you on i was like wow it's like pretty cool and they were asking it's like a marathon yeah at the finish line they were asking yeah. a bunch of questions and broom got to get first aided by one of the moms which was oh just, my. yeah he he cut himself he, he had my hatchet on his bag and he was messing no. around yeah he was messing with one of the zippers and his knuckle grazed the the blade um, so we got a band-aid, wow. which apparently, so she helped him out with his band-aid and then they came off like immediately as soon as he hit the water, <laughs> just useless. <laughs> not, not the water, the hyd- hyd- hydro, hydrophobic, what? I don't know. Hydrophobic kind. Yeah. Uh, Waterproof. no, that's funny. Yeah. Um, it. Uh, made me think, sorry, because you were asking me if I would do something like that. And, like, I I don't want to say I wish I could, because I realistically, physically could. Mm-hmm. It's just, like you said, the mental fortitude it takes. Um, do I trust myself in a canoe with just one kit? You know what I mean? Like, if Jordan wasn't there... With me, I feel like I might get flustered or overwhelmed easily. It's not my element, per se. You guys are, like, seasoned Algonquin Park campers now, I feel. Well, I think there's a few more things that have to happen for us to be seasoned. Okay, such as? Like, you know, we've shot rapids, and we've we've done the portaging and the fires and stuff, but we haven't really had any encounters with animals. So yeah, that's okay. <laughs> yeah, and uh, no serious. Well, yeah, we've we've capsized canoes, but it was in well, one On of accident. us. One of us has capsized a canoe. Yes, <laughs> three guesses who. Um, but yeah, like on the big lakes and stuff, there haven't been any incidents that we've had to deal with. So 
Um, I would I would suggest yeah, prob- probably season, but there's definitely a lot more uh, to learn about. Right. What kind of gear to bring? How to pack it? How to manage? I mean, we don't take it too seriously, you know. Like we're kind of just adapting as we go. Every year, we kind of think about the things we brought and and how we planned it and how we prepared and stuff, and see what we can do differently. And how maybe next year? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You can improve in in any way. Yeah. No, for sure. And it's interesting too because each year, you know, despite the fact that you are still doing kind of the same thing it's it's a different route every time um so that that's kind of like your unknown factor if you will yeah Um, and it's pretty interesting too like they after a while the portages look like the portages the trees look like the trees and the lakes look like (laughs) the lakes but yeah i was uh shocked at how different i felt the lakes looked like on this lake compared to other years and i don't know why okay. but they just seemed like better lakes the water was cleaner the bottoms were nicer mm-hmm. um maybe it was just because there were great like nice sunny days and stuff like that there sure. now there were a few lakes where as soon as you disturb the surface of the water it smelled like a an outhouse right but uh i was shocked with Ugh. the quality of the majority <laughs> of the lakes we were on Mm-hmm. which was really nice That's, yeah he showed me uh some of the videos and, and pictures that you'd all taken and stuff and like it looked really serene mm-hmm. throughout um like you said you guys have faced a lot a, a lot more rapid water and a lot more like um we'll say maybe like heart palpitating situations and things like that um but yeah i feel like this year was kind of not a shot in the dark but you guys were kind of in uncharted territory as far as like your entry point and things like that so it was all kind of new but yeah last year was the same thing too we went to uh uh, the brent lake put in last year and we were in shaw lake this year and, oh, okay. and uh, we didn't, neither, none of us had been to either of those portions of the park before. Um, but I think there was uh, an element of maturity in the group this year that we hadn't seen before. Oh, I think we d- What makes you say that? Not maturity in the sense like we didn't joke around and, and have fun and make stupid comments and stuff like that. But like, there was just. Because that certainly was happening. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it was more related to how we mentally approached the trip. I see. There was okay. there was plenty of opportunities to to get upset and frustrated with each other. Um, yeah. But everyone internally recognized situations for what they were, uh, right. and decided not to make things personal. And we all got along really well, um, which we we get along anyway. But in years past, there's always been little flare ups and little moments of dissatisfaction and whatnot. But uh, I don't think that occurred one time this year. Um, and it, if it did, I didn't see it, which is the same, I guess, from my point of view. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I think that's what I'm, what I'm saying, a level of maturity. Everyone recognized like, the there comes a point when the difficulty of the trip starts to manifest itself in different ways, and people mm-hmm. were able to not let that come through, which was awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So are you suggesting you guys are, are 
growing into adulthood. No, legally we did that years and years ago, but uh, <laughs> it, yes, that wasn't the question. Yeah. In terms of seasoned, becoming more seasoned campers, yeah, we're definitely growing in, into that. Uh, nice. Yeah, because I remember my first year casting about a canoe uh, from a, uh, an outfitter's that had shut down, and uh, we went on a barren or grand lake to squirrel rapids route and it was a 14 foot canoe and it's so short and it's so tippy and i was stressed and agitated the entire time um but you know now we've been on such huge lakes and crossed in you know uncomfortable conditions not dangerous Mm -hmm. but uncomfortable conditions and um the the fact that i got uh you know concerned for a few moments here and there on one of the lakes compared to that first trip. It shows a lot of, uh, a lot of growth, a lot of understanding, a lot of realization that, you know, you can behave a certain way and it's not going to change the outcome of the situation you're in. Right. Yeah. I was just distracted from trying to paddle uh, and steer out of the wind, but. And perhaps a little bit of exposure therapy. Yeah. Big time. In the sense that you've, you faced things now that you hadn't then and so the new newness and the unknown can be like anxiety causing and things like that um so maybe that's what you're feeling initially as well and uh, i mean obviously that's it obviously takes a different like level or layer of, of elements to cause you to feel even just a smidge like that now yeah so, yeah definitely definitely personal growth way to go well it's it, it was like all three of us it's the want to enjoy the trip and make sure everyone enjoys it so not right. not letting the yeah. things that are pissing you off for a moment get in the way by yelling at someone or snapping at them or letting what, it take yeah. over the whole the whole day or um like mulling over Mm -hmm. the same issue hours later when it's like no longer relevant yeah it's like that no for sure yeah i feel like and i mean outside of camping that's like a good way to grow as well (laughs) um but specifically in like i wouldn't say high stress situations but because it sounds like it was fairly manageable but it could have been right yeah and i think just the nature of the the physical and mental difficulty of the trip just made it yeah. uh, a quicker journey to get to those points where you right. might get upset or or might right it sounded like you guys had a little bit more downtime this time around as well like you're able to enjoy some evenings and maybe not start till not start quite as early and that kind of thing which you guys haven't really had a chance to do before this one that... yeah this one was weird and i i because i I never kept like a log of uh, of our trips before. Like Jordan's tracking on the watch was as close as we've come to that. Um, I see. So I don't, I don't, I don't mark when we get to the sites and when we leave the sites and that kind of thing. I feel, yeah. I feel like in years past we we've usually left earlier, mm-hmm. like nine thirty o'clock, which is still really late for some people. Right. Um, yeah. uh, who was it? Jordan was telling us about a guy he works with that uh, would regularly go out or even this is from the, the park ranger who's telling him this 
okay. would go out from where we put in, go out to Dixon Lake, which was like 20 kilometers away, spend the night there, and then come back morning for work. Whoa. Something like that. Journal journal confirmed those details, but um, so yeah, for us to leave camp at nine thirty or ten o'clock is still like yeah. inappropriately late for camping. Yeah. But this year we yeah. we and and in years past we usually get to the site around six or seven. Um, but there's a few different factors on this one. Like we've we've never camped this late in the season before. It's always been okay. July or August, so the days are longer. So our sunsets right. were quarter to eight uh, on this this weekend. Um, so Friday night we got to our campsite with like forty minutes, forty five minutes to spare to get mm-hmm. set up, and we were all eating supper in the dark. And then uh, Sunday night we had even less time. We had we gotten on the lake. It was it was raining, but there was no wind, which was awesome. And it was only a light drizzle, and uh, we got to this campsite that we wanted to stay on because it was on a point. Mm-hmm. And when the sites are on a point, there's usually thick but sparse tree coverage, so we can put up a tarp. There's a nice breeze that keeps the bugs away. And usually the views are really good. At this point, was terrible. Um, there was no trees. It was all rock, and it, was, it wasn't flat or anything. So right. we went and checked out this other site, which was turned out the best site on the lake. But it still looked like crap. And then we went to this third site. And by the time we got there, um, hoping it was better than the second, it ended up being almost worse than the point. Uh, Way worse. Yeah. I don't know if you saw the video uh, I sent in the group chat where I'm just walking around showing the. Oh, it was yep. the next morning. So it was on Sunday morning. That was our site. Everything was so cramped, so crowded. There's so many trees. Um, <laughs> there was fucking sap everywhere. Like, I noticed that because uh, I ended up taking Jordan's tent out because it was still wet for him because I forced him to go to the park with us before work and then he didn't have time to put away his camping shit. Anyways, uh, Who, so I... Who's less? With us. Oh, with us. Sorry. Sorry. With us. Anson and I. Yeah. Um, and uh, anyways, I, I was like, I'll just take care of the tent thing. Then he doesn't have to worry about it, which turned out to be doubly good because it's pouring rain there today. He wouldn't have like, it wouldn't have mattered. Yeah. Uh, and I even had time to like re waterproof spray it before I put it away, which was doubly good. Nice. Um, anyways, but yeah, I turned the tent around when i was folding it to put it away and it's like covered in sap and needles and stuff and i was like this must have been a messy site because that has never like i don't think i've seen that before like Uh, yeah usually you have a bit yeah i've I've never seen and it was almost all over it was all cedar too it was crazy wow um but yeah we left we probably left around 11 o'clock every morning so we gave ourselves okay. like eight hours, eight and a half hours to to do the day, which was manageable. The thing that made this trip much easier in terms of those distances is uh, in years past, we've had to do a lot of like river paddling oh, okay. in between yep. lakes. And uh, so this one was Annoying. only lakes and yep. all the portages connected lakes. Uh, so we didn't have to fight currents. Okay. There's a few 
a few parts on some of the lakes where there was where there was noticeable current, but it wasn't anything. Yeah. Like we've gone up McDonald Creek where we're paddling four kilometers up a creek, but the creek is winding back and forth, and there's a lot of switchbacks and stuff. Right. And you're in the middle of the midday sun and you're not sure if you're making progress and we've missed portage signs before because they're either they've fallen off trees or they're hidden behind bushes and stuff and they're hard mm-hmm. to see uh, and that's what really takes up a lot of the time so i think the sense of it was more leisurely um, okay. but it was just as long as the other trips right yeah yeah for sure um you were mentioning something and it posed a question, but now I've lost it. So, um, yeah, perhaps this trip was a little bit more like straightforward. I don't know if that's the right way to describe it, but it sounds like there was a, a lot less uh, room for getting lost and things like that. Yeah, there's far fewer you know, questionable ways to find out which outlet of the lake we need to take in order to get to the next portage. We didn't have to paddle upstream on any river, which we've had to do in the past. Um, So now we need like marine charts to know where the sandbars are and we need to find out where the the water flow is and stuff like that. And and topographical Mm -hmm. maps would actually help out with that piece. Uh, It's it's easy to find where the water's flowing in the topo maps, but... Mm -hmm. yeah it was a it was a much nicer trip well i look forward to hearing what you guys end up planning for next year and yeah i feel like it's always it's always an interesting journey for all of you so the dream this year was supposed to be a hundred kilometers a hundred yeah but um it we we planned and, and executed late because there was you know uh, the park was open and then it was closed and then it opened right. all the bots COVID were yeah big... COVID got in the way I was on deployment we weren't even sure if I was going um, and we can't do I don't think we can do a 100 kilometer weekend in two nights I think it needs to be three and I think we need four yeah like a three night four day yes like 25 yeah. or 30 kilometers a day kind of thing yeah because um, then it just becomes unmanageable if, if you're yeah. Well, it, it, to me, it's not necessarily unmanageable. It's like we would have to change a lot. Like we wouldn't enjoy the trip. We could do 100 mm-hmm. kilometers in three days, no problem. But it means we're getting up at dawn <laughs> and we're going to bed at dusk. Right. Um, that and... And there's no like time to like even appreciate what's around you it's yeah. just like it becomes a race get up and go mm-hmm. yeah yeah and so that and doing it with three people means regardless of how much he's enjoying it or how able he is to push through the the mental and physical duress of paddling on your own mm-hmm. um it becomes a time factor yeah so we need yeah. to have four people so that that second canoe is is able to keep up essentially yeah (laughs) yes yeah well we're putting it out there folks we would like a fourth person for this dude camping trip yeah oh i remember what i was gonna say we should post a um like a route map of what you guys did when when we publish this episode 
And that way people can... I can actually, yeah, I can do that for sure. What this was, what what it is that we're talking about, and then if people are looking for ideas for routes to tackle, then you guys have have done this one, and it's it's doable. Right? It's it's super. Doable. I feel like that's one of the hardest parts is going in and not knowing where you're going, and then finding out. And like you said, you guys have encountered some pretty rocky waters as well as land so i mean to have that experience now be able to share it i think is valuable for our wonderful listeners yeah i've got we can say more we can say listeners now did you know that yeah we definitely can i remember um i saw one of the guys at work today who he uh, he he thanked uh, he thanked us for the shout out uh, on one of oh, the last nice. podcasts that was awesome yeah so he's keeping up, which is good. Love it. So uh, what else have you got? Oh, um, it's like I, I had asked you about this. Phew, sorry, sneezing. <laughs> it's not COVID, I swear. Oh, my phone doesn't want to recognize me when I wear glasses with the face ID. It, Fun fact. it doesn't like them. No, any any glasses. My... my uh, actual seeing glasses my blue light glass anyways um i'd asked you about this because and it's i i don't want to say ironic but i had already ordered jordan's quelo silicone ring right like wedding band yeah um shout out to quelo is that how you say it quelo i i think it's quelo uh q a l o um, I was going to reorder another Enso ring for him, but he, he, I mean, his job is less arduous now, so maybe it would last longer. Um, but he was literally tearing through those in within like two, three months. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we were paying shipping cause they replace it for the life, like for life, which is great. Um, but we, I was, like, kind of tired of just, like, paying for shipping for something that I knew was only going to last a couple more months. And I was like, let's try something else. So I tried this brand. Not to... I'm not shitting on Enso. They have lovely rings. I have one from them. Uh, it lasted me a super freaking long time. Um, super comfortable. The fit was great. Like, I have really good things to say it's just the nature of his work i think is like too aggressive yeah yeah it's what they're selling right they're not catering to um to to construction um folk and anyways i I noticed quelo does seem to have this uh lean towards people who you know spend a lot of time outdoors who work in construction uh who go hunting and all these things and i was like perfect it'll be a little bit more durable so we're giving it the test uh and i had asked you because i thought yours was um the last time we saw each other and you were like no no this is just some amazon brand and i was like oh shit and then you were like, oh, the Quelo one was the wrong size. And I was like, fuck, because I had already mm-hmm. ordered yeah. this one for Jordan. And I was like, oh, no. 
Uh, he hasn't complained about the size of it. I think it's okay. But he did have it on the camping trip. And he says it's like a sunburn, but I was like worried that it was too tight, maybe. Oh, yeah? Know. No. I'm, the one I got from Amazon, I got in Latvia, and it was I, I didn't like it at all. It was... Uh, it it was just it was really thick and it left like a it made the skin under my ring turn like white and you know that oh like there's no breathability yeah exactly so so it was causing yeah yeah okay and so i um i switched to uh i bought the quayla one which was the wrong size Oh, okay. And that, did you buy the wrong size or did you buy your size and it was wrong? I bought the wrong size. This oh, was okay. on on me. Phew. And uh and then okay. I um I ended up coming home and searching for a new one. Uh just cuz a new ring cuz I didn't like uh the Quayla ones weren't weren't on sale. Uh Oh, I see. Yeah, pretty I see. cheap. I was just so. I was, hey, I can I can send you a promo code. I get them in my inbox now. So. But the one I, the one I got is actually a Groove Life. And Groove Life. It, yeah. How do you spell that? Groove Life. If you can spell Groove. Like G R O O V E. Yeah. Groove Life. Oh okay. And, I was picturing like they're trying to be smart, yeah, so they're like, like G R U V. G R U V. Um, yeah, and it's it's pretty much like the uh, the Enzo ring. Okay. Um, but it seems to be, I mean, I don't know, pretty durable. I haven't had any issues underneath it. It's been pretty breathable, fits well. Um, yeah, I was, I'm, I'm really happy with that purchase. Sweet. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'll also, I'll keep us updated on the performance of Jordan's ring at work <laughs> because I feel like that's the true test. Absolutely. Um, yeah, like if it can withstand industrial grade, you know, work days then i feel like that's pretty good but i got one to match because i was like well i want us to match of course now obvi um yeah so i got one for myself and uh anyways he it showed up while i was staying at mom's and uh i was like oh if this if this package or whatever comes in with my name on it you can open it because half of it's for you and I was, like, anticipating that he would be um, very, I don't give a rip yeah. about this at all. Apathetic. <laughs> yeah. But he, like, sent me a picture right away, and he was just like, oh, thank you. Because I, I feel like he's kind of been, it's, it's not, like, a big deal or whatever at all uh, for either one of us. But um, I don't know. Sometimes I'm like, I want to wear an accessory. But I don't have any. I, well, and then I'm like, I feel bad because like, and then you don't have one. And I'm like, well, we should both have them. Anyways, it's, I don't know. Yeah, he's very known for his accessorizing. <laughs> Actually, when we first met, Jordan was uh, sporting his either the seashell necklace the puka shells or that loser the bead necklace made him look very um 
not Viking. It gave gave him a casualness, <laughs> I think. An air that, of je ne sais quoi. Yeah, that was like his adventurous side, you know. I don't know. I think there's there's a, a strong masculine feature about a guy who's comfortable wearing a necklace. Yes, but I'm not but, talking chains. No, 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 no. <laughs> you are so wrong. There is nothing. The only thing that's masculine about a guy wearing a seashell necklace mm. is that he's comfortable wearing the seashell necklace. Yeah, that's what I like. There's about nothing it. stylish about it. It doesn't no. look good with anything. It was in style in the 90s. Yeah, as, lo- as well as double pop collars, that stupid wave, spike hairdo, <laughs> and fucking axe on everything. Ugh. Yeah. That's Ooh. what those shells equals. All of those things that you hate. You think that uh, the seashell necklace is related to that as well? Uh, 100%. There, if not, If not the same thing, it's like the same family of... It's it's in line with yeah, and this is no I slight against Jordan. He's that. one of my yes. best friends. I love him to pieces. Hey, but those he are was terrible. To be stylish. Yeah, and honestly, he was he was he was he was very trendy. He was very trendy. Yeah, to this he was day, fashion forward. Hey, he got a coral shirt recently, and I was in shock. You mean pink? It's coral. Oh, the uh, if you ask the Under Armour one. Yeah, yeah, it's orange. That's how Anson says orange. orange. It's orange, Dada. What are you guys teaching him about colors? <laughs> I, I, I'm trying to teach him both French and English. And in French, it's orange. But for whatever reason, he's decided to add the big huh in front of it. It becomes so. the colors of the ladies of the night. <laughs> orange. That's cute. Um, yeah, anyways. But, yeah, Jordan's like, what color's my shirt? Orange, da-da. And I was like, coral. Can you say coral? And he's like, orange, mama. Like, he corrects me now. We have a three-nager, like, overnight. Mm. Did you know this? I did not even know that was a word. Three-nager. Three-nager. I'll get into that, but I want to know more about William's first week so far of school so it's his second day now yeah. he's wrapped up his second day of school deuxième jour aujourd'hui can i can i can we air out his his experience at school or is that like a private no let's moment? unpack this let's uh let's unpack. do this okay. okay i love william so much and i feel like i was so excited for him because he has been so excited about the experience of school um yeah, tell us, tell us how it went down. Well, we he was, you know, amped for the longest time to go to school, go on a bus, make new friends, have a teacher, all this kind of stuff. Yeah. The night before, so Monday night, when we were putting him down for bed, he was not excited at all to go to school. Aww. And then he wouldn't wake up. He wouldn't get out of bed on Tuesday morning. So we had to just, like, sort of one thing at a time. Okay, don't work. Right. We're not even going to school. We're just going to get dressed. And we were yep. able to get him dressed, and he ate, and then we said, you know, it got better from there. He was excited on the walk. We got some good pictures. Uh, we got to the bus stop a little early, which was awesome. How close is your bus stop? <clears throat> it's like a block and a half away. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And um, it's right across from Jordan Broom's old house there. 
Oh, sweet. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um, and then the bus showed up, and, like, he didn't want to go. So Cassie oh. walked with him. He was, like, the second last kid to get on the bus. And this bus driver was, like, one of those, like, creepy, like, jack-in-the-box clown characters. Because <laughs> he's like, it's okay, little kid. Come on in. I was like, you need to tone it down a smidge, please. This, you're making it oh, worse. Yeah, you're 17 times the size of this kid. Anyway, yeah. And you're looking down at him from six feet up. Anyway, I thought. Yeah, in your huge bouncy yeah. chair. Yeah, and I, <laughs> I just laughed so hard at that that image situation yeah. but uh cassie had to walk on the bus to get him and uh, or to put him to put him on a seat and he was screaming and crying and, and uh the door closed and he drove off and we both cried a little and walked home with olivia and i went to work so i feel like that's that's a hard moment it was it, it really was and, yeah. and i mean not that it's physically hard it's just one of those i don't know you don't want to see your kid get that upset get that upset but like i mean it was a lot for him right like he yeah. especially like the last two years which or 18 months which is his memorable life it's yeah. it's been covid so the socialization aspect has been really taken a hit and stuff so you know he's never seen any of these kids before he's never mm-hmm. been on a school bus before anyway cassie drove by later on in the morning and saw him playing in the school so she felt a lot better oh. he she was waiting for him at the bus stop uh, once he was done. And the lady was like, who are you looking for? Because no, no more kids were coming off the bus. So she, And there were emails later on that day about, you know, parents were planning to pick them up, but they got on the bus or they, got, they didn't get on the bus and the parents weren't picking them up or whatever. So there was one kid that was like, oh. there was a kerfuffle, or kids getting on the wrong bus, and it was like, a, oh for sure, one kid was lost for forty five minutes, and this is one school. I can't, oh my god, I can't imagine. There's a ton of schools Across in this area. The board, yeah. Oh my god. So, the lady asks Cassie, "Who you're looking for?" She says, "William," and she yells, "William!" and he doesn't answer. William who? William McNaughton. William McNaughton. No answer. So she's like, well, come on and see if you can find him. And he was like third row back from the front, just staring at the seat in front of him, like not paying any fucking attention. <laughs> uh, I was like, you're going to do great at school. For a kid who's claimed he wants to be a doctor, we have a lot okay. of work to do. Um, was he just like disassociating? I'm sure, yeah. And you know, I was, in, I was, I was curious. He's like processing the day, just like, wow, so much has happened. I saw... Um, Good luck with my audio, by the way. I'm looking at this, and it's looking terrible. Um, In uh, what regard? It's just really spiky. Oh, okay. Yeah, whatever. Um, I saw this video about kids coming back from school and being okay. shitheads. Like learning bad behavior at school? No, or? just like being very negative emotionally, screaming, oh. crying, throwing fits and stuff. Okay. And she explained it's because they are spending all day using all the willpower and understanding they have to to behave properly to cope through yeah so that yeah, when they come home it's a safe space yeah. so they can yeah. emote in any way they feel so yes. the last two days yeah. william monday night william said that's cassie's putting him down tomorrow i'm going to be brave and i'm going to walk up the bus all by myself uh, it was really cute. He did not walk up the bus all by himself today, <laughs> but he did go willingly. 
which okay. was awesome. Yesterday I came home, I was like, how was school? And he's like, it was awesome. Aww. And uh, like he, yeah, he's doing really It's everything he hoped for and more. So the, the, you know, side effects of William being in school right now yes. is that Cassie is the only person Olivia has to spend time with. So she's getting right. all of this little Tasmanian devil's attention. 100% of the time. Yeah, the, only, the only real plus is that if they want to go somewhere, it's much, much easier to corral one kid than two. Than two. Yep. Yeah, so. That's fair. Yeah. So, um, does Olivia recognize like Williams at school? Like, does she? I. Do you think she gets that, or is she just like? I think so, because oh. we've we've been there. Like, we went to his school in the summer and played on the playground a few times. Oh, okay. Every okay. time we drive by it, she's like, "Oh, William, it's your school." This kind of stuff. Aww. So, so I think she gets it. Um, That's cute. And she's going to go into daycare next week, just for once a week. For now, nice, 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 nice. Just, just once a week. That's all it's yeah. gonna be, until Cassie gets that sweet taste of freedom, and then she's and gonna then be like, "Bitch, we'll up it to two. Just, just cheeky two, just two, two times a week, and yeah. then maybe hmm, three, and then oh, I can pick up another shift at work. Hey, all the power to her. Well, so both of them when she's <laughs> when she's working." They still, well, Olivia still goes to to my mom, um, mm. but it's the days she's gotcha. not working. Yes, that she's going to send Olivia to daycare. Smart. Which yeah. I don't don't envy at all. I just think it's foolish that she's confident it'll only be once a week. Because once you get that taste of freedom, I don't think. You Why back. would you say foolish? Maybe she, she. Maybe this is all planned. Maybe this is all just her plan and you're just reading between the lines like i'm seeing through her plan maybe what you're saying well it's not a very good plan then that's okay you're gonna find out eventually anyways i i just want her to be mature <laughs> about it and acknowledge it she's out loud. like if you if you accept this sooner rather than later this will be easier for you just <laughs> tell me i'm right right now and oh, I see. Yeah. You're looking for the validation. No, I'm not looking for the validation. She thinks she's no. She thinks it's not going to happen. I don't think oh. she's got a. She's in denial. She's she yeah. She's sure it's only going to be once a week. I don't think so. Well, maybe not. Maybe not. You know, we'll see. Can you hear my mom? Oh, one hundred percent. This is yeah. hilarious. We're getting some juicy gossip. Michelle here. is just having a time. I don't know who she's talking to or what she's talking about. <sighs> it's it's real juicy. Damn it, Michelle. Yeah. We're trying to make something here. <laughs> we should just have like the listen into my mom's phone call podcast. Oh my God. Just listen to Everyone what she shut up. I'm trying to, to listen. Tell to the world. <laughs> Uh, hilarious. I was actually, I don't want to say more worried, but I was certain that Maple would, um, be really obnoxious and fluff her pillow. She's like right above where I'm sitting. Okay. Um, fluff her pillow. And if you know Maple's fluffing of the pillow technique, it's loud and, um, aggressive. So <laughs> actually speaking of Maple being aggressive, 
Um, so we're at my mom's, and so the backyard area here is like all tile and garden. Okay. Like in my mom's backyard, backyard, there's no grass for Maple to pee on. So to let Maple out to pee, I gotta go just take her around the block or whatever. And I went to do that this afternoon when we got here and, you know, establish some ground rules like you're peeing outside, not inside. Hopefully she wouldn't do that anymore. She's seven. Who knows? But she's a, she's a bit of a flake. So anyway, <laughs> uh, I'm taking her around the, the little block here and we walk past an older guy and his very senior dog. Like this dog... It looks like 10 plus at least, right? Was a black dog, now gray. And Maple lunged at this dog, barked, was growling, like almost barring teeth. My dog. <laughs> and I'm like, I reacted with the same emotion towards her. I was like, hey no and I like made her sit and then I let them walk by because I'm like that's a zero tolerance policy for me like you can't be lunging at other dogs but then I got back and I was like the weirdest thing just happened I was like Maple isn't aggressive with other dogs like and this dog wasn't aggressive towards her like he was kind of like like the way that all dogs do yeah and uh anyways and then I I it didn't even dawn on me, but my mom's like, Jenna, maybe it's because you're pregnant. She feels like extra protected. Oh, because I, like, oh, I do recall when I was pregnant with Anson and I, I was walking her more regularly. But like if we'd come across people, she was very different while I was pregnant right. than walks regular. And I was like, I completely forgot about that. But it makes a lot of sense. But I'm like, dude, you are the least protective thing that I got okay like thank you very much I mean I shouldn't doubt her like that she probably could save me if she really wanted to but uh yeah I was like cool your jets bro we're gonna be fine yeah like, it's all good um we've been here before yeah oh my three nature should I even get into this that's up to you um, I would love some advice from people who have had <laughs> three teenagers, uh, cause it just feels like overnight and it's not, it's obviously been a bit of a, a compounding situation. You know, we've had a lot of change. We moved out of our old house. Aunts and I have been back and forth to my mom's like multiple times in the last two months. Uh, it's a lot. And I think Anson's at the end of his rope, so to speak, with the upheaval right. of his routine. Uh, and so I feel like he's been acting out a lot more. He's not listening. Uh, I'm trying as best I can. Like, you know how you're talking about the mental fortitude when you do these camping trips? Yeah. I'm, like, looking for the mental fortitude on a daily basis to just, like, have have the ability to try and communicate to him what's going on and, and, like, what these changes are and what they mean and, like, 
I'm trying not to overwhelm him with information either. Because, yeah. like, how much does a two-and-a-half-year-old really get? I don't know. Um, but, yeah, and, like, trying to stay positive about everything. So, anyways, I it dawned on me last week, because we were here for, like, a long time, the last time we were at Mom's. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had this, like, um, <laughs> I, I can't even remember if I told you this last episode i'm sorry if i'm repeating myself um but we're sitting at the table and he's just like not listening and he's pouting and he's like and he's like upset like visibly upset and it's first thing in the morning and i'm like you need to stop what what happened like did you have a bad dream or something and then my mom looks at him the oh so wise mother of mine (laughs) and she goes Anson, are you missing your father? And he goes, yeah. (laughs) And then starts crying. Oh, wow. And then for the rest of the day, he was like, I miss my father. I miss my father. And now it's this new thing he says. I'm missing my father. But he burst out crying. And I was like, even if he doesn't understand, he feels heard right now. And I think that's what he needed. And um, it was the saddest thing. And I was like, Anson, we're going to call Dada tonight and we're going to talk to him extra long. Because, like, Jordan was at work while this is all happening. Yeah. So I was like, we got to make a call in tonight, like a good one. Because we were just doing, like, kind of short before bed, like, love you, good night things. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so I kind of, like convinced jordan to read him a book on the phone and talk to him and uh as olivia did with you when you were in latvia anson was like holding the phone and like they were making faces together so it was like good interaction but then the last couple or i guess few days we've we were back at cheryl and wayne's place and so he got lots of time with dada and i feel like his mood has noticeably changed that's awesome and i'm like wow this is crazy to me because you know there's situations where like parents maybe are separated like by choice or not like for work some parents have to work away from home regularly or for long periods of time i just wonder if it's just circumstantial for us right now like maybe he's used to seeing jordan all the time and now he's not so that's what's aggravating him in the back of his mind right anyways i'm just like trying to get into the psychology of like what's going on in his little brain um (laughs) and uh you know no conclusions yet obviously i mean i'm not a a medical (laughs) expert um but yeah, it was just interesting to see like the huge shift just in these last few days. So anyways, it won't be long before he sees dad again. Um, so I'm hoping it holds off because I'm like the behavior I was seeing for like a few days. I was like terrified. I'm like, this is what people talk about when they say they have, you know, unmanageable toddlers Ugh. or whatever. Yeah. I'm like, I can't. I can't do it. Because... I mean, Anson's a good kid, so. I think they're all pretty good lucky. kids, yeah. You just, there's so much going on in your life right now that it's understandable he's a little stressed out. Yeah, I mean, like, 
I know we've said this kind of stuff before, but like I've been stressed out a lot of the time, you know. Uh, and so to expect him to not either feel that or to feel his own stress about it uh, would be like ridiculous, really. Yeah. So, anyway. Well, I'm glad you were able to um, kind of figure out what was bothering him. It's so hard for kids to communicate and let you know. So maybe it was that, yeah. that seasoned matriarchal intuition that helped. Uh, I'm talking about you, mom. your mom. Yeah. 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 Okay, good. I was like, not me. Oh, God. No. But yeah, my mom, she was just like right away. She's like, he's really missing his dad, Jenna, I think. And I was like, oh, mom, that's very sweet. Yeah. So listen to your mom's people. Yeah, listen to your mom. They know what's up. They they be wise. Call your mom. <laughs> or that. And or that. Yeah. That's good advice. Um, yeah. I feel like that's kind of all I had on the docket. Um, yeah, I wish I had more to contribute. It's, it's my first day, first week back to work. So I'm a little it's my bit. First day. I'm a little. I'm a little all over the place. So. <laughs> yeah, no worries. I, uh, I feel like. I'm glad that we've had the opportunity to, to actually like sit down and record these last couple of weeks. It's yeah, and we'll just keep doing it. We'll just keep crushing it, knocking them out. Crush. Yeah. We can find that recording <laughs> equipment. I got some people I want to get on the show. Oh, my God. Yeah. I know. It's not a priority. It's just if you happen to see it, you can be like, I found it. Yes, I agree. Got to make a few trips up to our storage locker slash sea cans in the next uh, couple weeks anyway. So. Sweet. Got to take stock of what we, we've got and what should probably go. Uh, that's a good point, yeah. Get, to, get a little bit of a purge in. Man, it's one of the great things about moving is that you can, like, I don't know, reasonably purge and just be like, New house won't fit. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> like, get rid of it. Yeah. I think you meant so. ruthlessly. Ruthlessly, I like that. Yeah. yeah ruthlessly. Just get rid of shit. Yeah, dude. I'm yeah. I'm ready. Ready to ruthlessly purge shit. All right. Well. <laughs> and on that fine. No. I'm ready to purge myself from this episode. <laughs> wonderful yeah. we will uh chat again next time next time thanks so much thank you